calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the natural products industry. This is episode 86, Spooky Supplement Stories. Like I feel like we could use some sound effects. I've got this mixing board and it's got all these cool buttons on it. Like, do you know, I could do that kind of stuff. (laughs) I think I need that one all the time. (laughs) Just for all my corny stuff. Yeah. Just wait till you hear what we're going to end on the joke today. Just wait. Anyway, (laughs) talking about spooky supplement stories, we're here in Woodstock. It's raining and I got nothing really to report. I think that we'll just jump right into it because I do have a lot to cover today. Uh, If you want more of our podcast, of course, please go to your streaming source of choice and subscribe. Give us those five-star hugs and tell all your friends. Uh, The blog this week is something I'm going to reference a couple times, and that's at woodstockvitamins.com still. So check that out. It was a rant, and it was called Vote. So I'm sure you can guess what I covered. Um, So let's just get right into it. Uh, COVID, I don't know if you know this, but it's over, actually. Thank goodness. Uh, (laughs) Let's not do that ever again. Uh, Last week, our elected officials in the Trump administration both admitted that COVID can't be controlled and that we've simultaneously won. Which totally tracks. Yeah, the... This is a real freaking problem. Like, we have to hold these people accountable. This is so stressful for everybody. This is going to be a very, very dark time for a lot of folks as it gets colder. Everybody moves indoors. We can't see our family for the holidays. This is going to get to be a very miserable, psychologically burdensome place for people. And the attitude is it's over, you know? So speaking about that, in places where they have great leadership, they're still locking down. Oh, yeah. You know? So I actually have a buddy who's an old Margaretville boy who's now in Strasbourg, the border of France and Germany. Uh Uh-oh. He's actually a a rap artist, so he's kind of famous. So that's cool. And, uh, you know, they're locking down both places. And essentially, it's what we know. So no bars, restaurants, all of that stuff. And even here, our local schools are going remote. Yeah. So they had an uptick in some cases. They had to quarantine so many people. Winter's going to be tough. Yes. <laughs> so I oh, feel like God. over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try to figure out how we can help people kind of navigate this next darker time. I thought we did a good job early. Now we got to kind of like push through here. Um, for now, uh, we've also got this thing on our back. <laughs> That'll be like <laughs> another four or five days from now. Uh, that is unresolved for a lot of people. So I've got some another set of to-dos for everybody, things that I want them to do. So for, uh, hopefully everybody watched Borat. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. It was great. Could have been harder. I think the problem with this satirical stuff is that it's all too real. So it kind of hurts to watch. Like you can't even just be like, oh my God, that's hilarious. But that is exactly why I haven't watched it yet. I'm like building up the emotional <laughs> constitution because I know it's going to be funny and I know yeah. that there's stuff in there that I want to see, but I, it's just, like you said, it's just too real right now. Yeah. I couldn't watch his We Are America or whatever special that he did the TV show. I, could, I just couldn't watch it yeah. because it was just too real. So, um, but yeah, it was a, uh, quite funny and very satirical. Um, But anyway, so here's the three things. First, vote in person, right? Please. Go out early vote. 
go with your mask and your hand sanitizer and do what you're supposed to do. Vote in person. This has to be decided on election night, I think. Otherwise, it just seems like there's too much muck. Um, So second, read my recent rant about voting because I threw a lot of shade about everyone. I used basically a story, uh, an analogy of supplements versus big pharma for like where we are. And it's not, you know, trashing anybody in particular. It's this idea that the system's broken and what do we do and why is it broken? So uh, finally, I think here's the third thing. How can I help somebody today with COVID and feeling better, I can give you some discount CBD. <laughs> Y'all need to chill. So 15% off our CBD phone orders only, 845-679-0790. If you've never used it before, our staff can walk you through how to use it. It's really the only thing I can give you guys right now besides a couple yuck yucks, you know. So uh, get some CBD, chill yourself out, yo. Or if you live next to a dispensary, you can kind of do that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Speaking of real quick, I yeah. saw another article warning parents to be careful that their kids don't accidentally get edibles and the spin this time they were like we realize that no one would purposely give your kids medicated edibles but they look so much like the real candy that you know if you're high you might not notice that you're giving away the wrong and i was like all right that's actually kind of true (laughs) yeah i'm so baked i'm gonna give away my expensive $40 $40 brownie is not happening. I'm, I'd never be that high. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the bag, if of, I were to do that, the bag of weed Skittles that they used for um, like comparison did look an awful lot like yeah, regular Skittles. I, I can hear that. It so. just, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, yeah, no, realistically, that's not going to happen. But if you were high enough, yeah, <laughs> I would mistake that packaging too. Yeah. Careful in California. That's all we got to say. Right. <laughs> uh, Colorado too. So, so talking about the rant for a second before we get into the other stuff, I, I think it's important to uh, visit this concept because, you know, the idea of supplements versus pharma as a red versus blue analogy, I think it works on a lot of different levels. So in the article, I listed a bunch of different things that I believe are leading to the current situation where we, we have this choice in front of us, we're reluctant, there's all this misinformation circling, uh, there's a lot of uh, divisiveness, right? So I think that there are two main problems. Like if I could resummarize the blog today, I would do this. I would say there's two main problems that kind of built this perfect storm of division. Um, there's these folks that are really dug down into their belief system, no matter which side you sit on, you know, uh, we can kind of do that both sides thing here. Uh, but essentially what I was saying is that in the supplement industry, every single touch point is poisoned. So think about that. Every email that somebody that engages with supplements is poison. Podcasts, TV shows, social media, blogs, all of it in some way is going to hint at the opposition, right? And like kind of throw throw some mud, right? And how you should feel about the opposition and how you should feel about yourself as somebody who's not on that other team, right? The messaging is cohesive, pretty much. You can You can look at the, the lowest of the low and the most popular guy on the planet that's promoting supplements. And they're all pretty much saying the same thing. And a lot of these, uh, I guess like a lot of the information is being parroted by everybody, right? So I said in the article, the idea that vitamin C helps boost your immune system and you know, the multivitamins are what you need to fill in the gaps. And I kind of pulled out a lot of the things that we hear all the time and we believe, but they're not necessarily true, Right. Because they're parroting these things that have like little to no substance and they're passing it off like it's gospel. And now they're just cramming outright lies in it by many folks, right? So we have the systemic problem. That's one of the big 
factors, right? It's, it's this propaganda machine that really has self-serving interests. Because if you if you look at the track record, these people don't really care if you get healthy. They don't really care if you lose weight. All they really care is that you're buying their crap or paying attention to them, right? And so that's, I think, is a pretty strong analogy just in and of itself. But the second thing that I think that makes this perfect storm is this idea that all of our opinions are equal. And I think this is the idea of free speech, my free speech, right? And it's a big misinterpretation of that concept. Free speech is we have the right to speak out against our government without punishment or censorship from that government. That's all it says. It doesn't give everyone a right to say whatever they want. We know stuff like dangerous speech has a limit, of course, and platforms that you're speaking on can, of course, censor you or they can even promote your crap if they want, you know, if they see fit. And that's part of the problem, right? So free speech doesn't mean that your speech is equal or even valuable to begin with, you know, and opinions around science really aren't a thing. So if, you know, if we were to be honest here, fringe science, new science, that's where we have discussion and debate, right? But that's normally done by educated folks, people that dedicate their life to this stuff that have reasons or justifications for the conclusions that they come to. Medicine is the same thing. Medicine is this area where you can have way more opinions, right? Because we're complex machineries. We can't stick to a freaking habit for more than 10 minutes. And it's hard to isolate variables with medicine. So opinion can be bigger. But with both like traditional science and study and medicine, that's what peer reviews for, you know, that's what consensus is, right? It's not like the doctors are all getting together and it's just the herd mentality of doctors is what is saying that COVID is real or you have to wear masks. It's because a lot of folks are looking at the data and saying, yeah, this is legitimate. It's being validated or verified through other studies, right? That's what the situation is. This is a lot of qualified folks saying this is legitimate. This is the best we have. And the the interesting thing is that in order to kind of combat that, you know, the, the idea of opinions aren't really working. So they're like, let's make up fake doctors now. So we're going to do fake studies. We're going to get fake researchers and we're going to use our credentials as a doctor, right? Dr. Neil, Dr. Oz, right? To give authority and validate opinions. And it's just, it just doesn't really work. So if you take the systemic problems and you take this idea that all opinions are valuable or valid, then you get this idea of fake wokeness. And this is what I talked to about in the rant a bunch. And my wife's like, why are you talking about wokeness so much? I'm like, because it's really irritating me so far. <laughs> this is the idea that the whole system is broken, right? Oh, so I see I, I'm a, I'm a enlightened observer. This whole thing is broken. Boohoo. Right. And that is like a frustrated way to say exactly what I'm already saying here, right? Is that health and wellness industries have major flaws, but we're not being like poo-poo, right? And then just making a decision anyway. We're saying that we need reform, we need change, right? And until then, we have to be honest about what both sides, quote unquote, are offering and how, and then use the best of both, right? So I think both sides and this, you know, like fake wokeness, it's a BS cop-out, right? We would say neither arm of these like wellness or health related paths are perfect, but at their core or like ideal implementation, both want to achieve similar goals and neither have the right answer, right? So this fake wokeness is basically saying the system's broken, but I'm going to go all in on supplements anyway, 
despite the corruption, despite the quality problems, and the fact that I'm probably not taking the right things or these things aren't going to be helpful. You know, everybody's so freaking informed, right? But really what it is, it's it's a way to use the trappings of educated conclusions, the trappings of consensus and peer review, right? In reality, that person that's so woke is just reading supplement blogs only. And Dr. Oz is their God, you know? Hmm. And occasionally they might poke their head out and read a news article about heart disease, but mostly their information is coming from these less trustworthy or extreme sources. So, you know, the idea that, oh, I don't read, I don't watch the news, you know, I get my information from multiple sources. That's nonsense, you know? Uh, Because truly the what that means is that I occasionally peek my head out and look at alternative sources, but even those are the more biased versions and they're only looking at them to validate their personal beliefs anyway. So like I want people to be woke or whatever the term is, be more aware of how broken everything is. There's a corruption problem all over the place. I talk about monopoly all the time, right? Mofos are cheating (laughs) and it's your friends and family. And there's like four of you, right? So People go dark. It, it sucks. So groups of people, you're going to have that. You're going to have that stuff, especially in what we we value here. So, But let's not pretend that this awareness, right, puts you in like an elevated position because that's what ends up happening. It's like you try to engage with folks and they think that they're smarter than you or not that smarter than you, I guess, but they're coming from a level of higher knowledge, a higher experience. You know, it's a very condescending kind of approach to be like, well, I'm more woke than you are about this whole thing. So what I think is like being woke means that you're aware of the problems and it should lead to introspection, right? The first question being, am I being hypocritical? The second being, are my information sources highly biased? And third, are my decisions based on emotion or a list of references that are higher quality? So Again, if I were to summarize everything, it would be just that, the idea that we have this broken system, but then we have this artificial, um, and like it's almost arrogance. It's like uh, this fake confidence that we know and we see how broken the system is, but it's not leading to the right conclusion. It's leading to a place of condescension and, and ignorance, like covering our ears and not listening to anybody instead of it leading to a place of, yes, the thing's broken, but like what is this trying to be? Am I being hypocritical? Is this the best decision? What's the best way forward? And so I, I appreciate the idea that people are are trying to engage, but the engagement level is being misdirected for these like facades. So I just wanted to bring that up for here. I feel personally attacked because that is exactly how I carry myself. <laughs> I am so arrogant. Really? In my yeah, because like I, you know, being, you know, partially employed. Lately, especially, I've always been like this, but especially now with more time on my hands, Mm -hmm. all I do is sit home and read the internet. And so I have these like half a factoid in my head for a few months until I forget it. But when I'm speaking about something and especially like with somebody that I feel like is wrong, oh man, the, uh, I just, I love being condescending to people I think are wrong. Again, I think I've been very clear about how I'm not that great a person. And (laughs) so, you know, I just have to own the way I am. And I think this brings up a good point. And again, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's like both sides are equal. I don't think that there, there's an equivalence. I would say that there's both attributable blame, but if you can hear Dana, you are not on what, you know, most people listening know that we're liberal leaning, right? So you're, I'm not trash talking Trump supporters here. I'm trash talking everybody, everybody here 
that thinks that they're so more aware because they don't watch Fox News and they, you know, they're they're so alert. And then occasionally they poke their head in Fox News and vice versa. They're, we're not going to fix this damn problem until we can learn how to be mature enough to handle the amount of information, defer to the right experts and have a higher level of critical thinking. And it's way easier. And this is what I talk about in the, the rant is that it's because of stuff that we do here in America, which is go easy. And that's actually going to go into our next piece. So if you have nothing else to say about this, I think we've we've made the point. Yeah, well, I mean, for me personally, I think that's where my frustration comes in when people get all up in arms about like, you know, the CDC going back on what it said like three weeks ago and all that. I'm just like, all right, just stop taking every statement as gospel because, again, novel means new and nobody knows what they're doing. Um, but that's, you know, right. I, I guess that's the last thing I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, we we have a lot to unpack and there's a lot for us to wrap our heads around here. And it's really important to, to make our world smaller. We are going to the internet, this large place, listening to people we have no idea, like me, right? You guys are like halfway around the world. People are listening to me. The, the idea that I'm your only source or I'm, I'm saying the things and telling the story in a way that agrees with you, that's not good enough. You need to make sure that what I'm saying is true and trustworthy and and do introspection. Are you being hypocritical? That's the only way that we can get through all of this is to stop being so unreasonable and stop being so irresponsible. So please read the the full article. I think it will help out. I just wanted to kind of clarify my thoughts around this because this is my new, my new thing to pick up on, especially like my wife's cousins are uh, kind of in this, you know, fake woke category. Yeah. So I've been busting them about the whole thing. Oh yeah. You're so enlightened. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, a really good point to make. Um, I, and I feel like uh, I've been trying to do that because one of the podcasts that I used to produce was libertarian leaning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a very good window into opinions that really didn't line up with my own necessarily. I mean, I, I thought the basic tenets of what libertarians were into was uh, were completely reasonable, although I feel like I've seen that party just sort of devolved the way the Tea Party did, of you know, a handful of years ago, where it just became split into, you know, mostly conservative, but some were like more liberal, and mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't really mean anything. But it just really is. I think you're right. It's very important to get opinions and seek out what other people think are facts that don't line up with what you're used to hearing or comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that again to to derail it from the politics discussion. So I'm, I used supplements as a mechanism to, as, as an analogy, a storytelling mechanism to try to bring people around to the idea that we're being a little hypocritical, right? And this problem is not just a political problem. It's pervasive in all things. And the, but really it's the other way. What is going on with politics is shedding a light on what's wrong with supplements. The idea that we have these this false dichotomy and we're engaging irresponsibly with the information from supplements in the wellness industry. Okay. And so to bring it back to that, I think that this stuff, there's obvious parallels here and we, our wellness requires responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's so easy for me to fall into politics Yeah, to, to bring it back to what we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest thing is going into anti-vax forums and unfortunately there's, 
like a huge number of people who had like really bad allergic reactions or stuff. And so they are fully convinced that all vaccines are bad because they had really terrible experiences with one. And I can understand that pain, you know, you think you're trusting something and it completely backfires. I am still of the opinion that vaccines by and large are good. And of course my heart breaks for these people who had bad experiences but they're still in the minority. Right. And for you to have an opinion about it makes sense because you're not one of the experts in it. You know? Exactly. Uh, but the medical consensus shows that there is no evidence here for, for this kind of, um, that warrants this kind of reaction or response. So, but anyway, just again, loop it back here because the, the two things are the same for me. So, and, you know, talking about engaging responsibly. One of the things that we did with Rant this week was we put out a little survey because our marketing group is trying to like amplify our message and really make sure that we're we're delivering what people are looking for. So we put out the survey and a lot of folks are asking, you know, like what questions would you ask Neil if you had them down, you know, you know, in front of you? What would you say? So one of them is what should I eat? <laughs> and that's always my first question on nutrition. And the second is how do I stick to a plan? Right. And these are two things that uh, we've talked about. So when we're in our little weight loss area here, I just want to focus on this. So both of those speak to two major problems and speaks to responsible engagement with information. The idea of what should I eat? It's it's trying to take that overwhelming nature out of it. The amount of information, the amount of conflicting opinions, the amount of uh, supplement options you have, it's overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff going on today, too many options. I don't have enough time is the other side to that, is that we're freaking work to death and we spend a lot of our time doom scrolling. So we're wasting <laughs> a lot of time. So we, you know, it's just too much for me to process and comprehend. So what I say to people when we're trying to deal with this stuff is that we have to simplify everything. Just like I said, make our world smaller, make sure that we know the trust, the experts in front of us, get the opinion for somebody that we can punch in the face if we have to, if they're telling us the wrong thing, right? So that's an important uh, measure. Um, so we need a simple plan to stick to. So in the early days when it comes to nutrition, I will tell people to keep it consistent, right? The idea of these complex meal plans, like I've seen meal plans that folks get made for them. They're way too over the top, way too many ingredients. There's way too much preparation. I would rather you just say, like, do what I do. My my meal is always basic. It's it's eggs and then fruit and peanut butter and a salad, except for today I'd like dumplings. <laughs> and then, um, you know, another little bit of peanut butter with some more fruit and then a, a healthy dinner and then like popcorn for a snack before bed, right? Very, very simple and consistent because we've got a reservoir of willpower right? The first stages of nutritional change, we want to save that willpower for building out this habit that we can stick to in the future. So I've got a number of articles on the blog about what you should eat and when, so you can always check those out. So more to the second question, how do you stick to a plan? Well, the reason stage one is less about what and more about how and when is because it makes sticking to the plan so much easier. And I feel like there's different phases. We've you know alluded to it a couple times with what I've been going through. But at the beginning there, really, it's about making the healthier plan to begin with and building it as a habit. So the first like 21 days sticking to the plan really takes you arm wrestling with yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really about being honest. Man, I was eating like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. And changing the perspective because a lot of folks say I'm dieting. No, no, no. I'm not dieting. I'm fixing something that I was doing wrong. Right. I was doing it wrong. And this is the right way. And this is why I have to do it. So, you know, like almost putting the blame inwards. This is my fault. That way was wrong. This way is the correct way. So now I'm changing my my mind, right, to move forward. And then 
after that, you have, you know, in these early stages, you have this stuff that could throw you off your plan, right? Temptations. Oh, there's a cookie there. It's Halloween. There's candy downstairs. Or just like slipping back into your old habits. And again, it's really the fight. It's like understanding that every single decision, it's like moment to moment where you have to fight yourself <laughs> and, <laughs> and stick to the plan. Uh, especially later, like later, you know, you've got the habit, you've been doing it, you're getting your results and then you start to slip, right? Because I'm doing okay. This is that lease analogy with a car that I brought up a, a ways ago. The idea, oh, my normal driving is about a thousand miles a month. I'm okay. Right. Um, but the problem is if you go over that, that becomes, it starts to add up and then, oh my goodness, my car is 10,000 miles over. I owe all this money. Right. So, it's these later stages where you could slip because you're doing okay. You're, you're letting your guard down. And this is what I've been describing the most myself. So I think making a plan and making it stick is tough. There's no uh, if, ands, or buts about it. If we're looking as a third party, right, the inability to make a plan stick is almost inherent to it. <laughs> There's a reason that you have to make a plan and then force yourself to stick to it. It's because it's not the easy way. <laughs> yeah. we, we have limited resources, and the world then has built this system around it these productivity hacks, these like answers to make things easier, like the freaking snacks and all the fast food and all this crap. They've they've thrown it all in your, in, in your face so that way you can keep going, 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 climbing, clamoring to the top without actually taking care of yourself. So then it's easy, easy, easy to slip into. And it just so happens that all that stuff feels really good. So I think that, you know, wellness takes uh, – monumental change. Um, you don't have to make dramatic changes. That's something I said in, in this rant as well. A two-degree pitch, just the idea of in this moment, I'm going to choose to eat something healthy, not something horrible, right? When I order this lunch, when I um, pass the candy, I'm going to make this choice. And sticking to the plan really helps shine a light on exactly what issues are our problems, right? Are they the time constraints? Am I too busy, right? I don't have enough time to prepare a food. Am I just uncertain about all the different options and what I should be doing? Do I have analysis paralysis where it's like, oh, I, don't, I can't make a decision, so I'm just going to grab whatever? Or is it just you're just burnt out, right? So these are the things that are standing in your way. So sticking to a plan is as simple as identifying those things in your life. What are the problems? What are the things that are, are, are getting in your way and, and really building better habits to make sure that they don't bubble up to the surface. So I wanted to just cover that. And with that, I think we should move into our main kind of conversation, spooky supplement stories. Yes. So last year we did spooky medical stories with Dr. Risman, and he talked about horror stories that have happened to him in the medical profession. And I figure, I figure we could talk about horror stories that have happened to my patients here. I've got, just a handful of them. Uh, I want to start out with probably what I consider to be the worst one. So it's kind of like how they do those TV show things where there's like a bunch of different episodes. They always put the strongest one first, right? Yeah. So, uh, so unsolved mysteries. <laughs> yeah, they're like the best one goes first, and then the crappy one, and then the the slightly better than crappy one at the last one, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the the one that I will talk about is the prostate support story. So all of my advice when it's around supplements is we need to loop in our doctors, right? Medical care, conventional care is a part of the wellness pyramid. So if we have symptoms of, say, prostate irregularity or prostate problems, 
and we reach for salt palmetto. Well, salt palmetto, when done correctly, will work really well. It'll make you feel better, right? Mm -hmm. um, in pharmacy school, they taught us to make it a part of the regimen for people. Huh. So, um, so we know these things can work when done correctly, but they'll do so to such great relief to people that they won't then talk to their doctor about it. I'm doing okay, right? And the reason we want to talk to the doctor is because the doctor has tools to observe and to monitor to ensure that the disease isn't progressing without symptoms. And with this particular patient, he didn't take my advice, which is, hey, you can start this. This is great. This is what we would use. But you need to speak to your doctor ASAP about the fact that you even have this problem. And he didn't do that. And Underneath the surface, prostate cancer grew to the point where it was inoperable, it spread, and he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And so take that as the strongest horror story that you can hear from me. Um, there are a number of different conditions that can like fester under the surface. Just because you have symptoms doesn't, or, or I should say, just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean that there isn't still a problem. And reflux is the other thing that's brought to mind here because I can help people get rid of their reflux with supplements, but I will never do that and say, and not say, talk to your doctor, right? Because we want you to make sure that you have at least a conversation. They know that reflux is an issue because asymptomatic reflux is very common and it can lead to cancerous cells in your esophagus. And we don't want that. So, um, so that is an important lesson. Whenever we use supplements or take any wellness plans, we need conventional, legit doctors in the loop. And part of what we're going to say here with a bunch of these other stories is a result of a non-qualified doctor, right? Uh, somebody who wasn't really a doctor giving people advice and people taking those advice and that it leading to harm. So always, always, always have the conversation with a responsible medical professional that uh, has the proper training and expertise around the health concern that you're trying to address. Okay. Pretty scary, right? But yeah. I, I'm not like speechless necessarily because that makes sense that it panned out like that, but that mm -hmm. is just so sad. It's oh my super God. sad. <laughs> it's super sad. The idea that he was trying to make the best decision for himself and he was making a really strong decision, but he rejected conventional medicine so much that he refused to see his physician despite my advice. Speaking back to the point of the rant, the touch points are so poisoned. I have, I've talked about this a million times. Do you want to take a natural supplement or pharmaceutical drugs, right? Just that statement that seems very benign, that isn't even said in that like tone or the inflection, like I said, just like, no, I don't want to take a pharmaceutical. That sounds like a sterile chemical that has lots of side effects. And a drug sounds like something that they told me not to take in, in high school when I did that D.A.R.E. program, right? So I don't want to use that. I want, of course, I want something natural, right? So every touch point is poisoned against the idea that conventional medicine may have some merit, right? This both sides thing is stupid, yes, but so is the blind faith in one side or the other, so... If the uh, patient was Bill Gates, laugh and deny it. <laughs> I knew I was right. Mm -hmm. All right. The second one, uh, slightly less. Um, so the second one has a much better outcome, but it was very dangerous, almost the same degree of danger. There are a number of products in the market that advertise themselves as being cleanses. And 
in in short, a cleanse product mostly is a laxative. All right, so it makes you go poops. Right, mm-hmm. so it makes you feel like you're cleansing something. And then what they'll often do is put some inabsorbable material in there. Bentonite clay being one of the more common ones. And bentonite clay, besides having the risk of having too many heavy metals found in bentonite clay sources, because that's what it does. It absorbs like metals and and horrible stuff into it like a sponge. It also doesn't get digested and it kind of clumps up. So when you do go to the bathroom... Your poops have little like fragments that are bendy and twisty, sort of like your colon, right? Oh my God. So it makes you look and say, oh, wow, that was stuck in my colon and now it's cleared. I've cleansed myself. Um, so these cleanse products are pretty interesting. And um, I don't believe people need to cleanse like that. If you do want to cleanse, I, I understand the idea of a psychological reset that's needed for some of us. And so we would talk about fluids. We would talk about probiotics. We would talk about, you know, re- restricting unhealthy foods. All of that stuff is totally reasonable, but a lot of these products are not good. But anyway, the woman in in question was using bentonite clay, and then she would uh, inner cleanse thing that she took for like a month, and she was taking Synthroid, uh, which is a thyroid uh, product. She was taking a high dose, and it was causing a drug interaction because the bentonite clay was absorbing the Synthroid into it, and then it was just passing through. So her thyroid levels dropped dramatically started feeling really, really horrible and, um, you know, shakes and like cold intolerance and all of the normal stuff that goes along with having hypothyroidism and nobody could figure it out. Um, like, because again, nobody was going to do blood work when somebody just feels a little slow, sluggish, tired and shaky. Right. Uh, they just like eat something, you know? And eventually she got back to the, to the physician who did blood work and found out that her synthroid levels or her thyroid levels were radically low. And it was the supplement that was recommended to do as a cleanse for a month period that caused it. And so, you know, the idea that you can take supplements willy nilly without being concerned about drug interactions and side effects is another problem. I've always kind of had this bias. I think medical professionals should be the ones selling supplements because they at least have some sort of training around drug interactions. That makes sense. Without a doubt. The, idea that you're just taking these things and and we're assuming it's okay. We have such little limited data and it's all over the place. So how the heck is somebody going to parse that out? If you can't find it right away, they're going to ignore it, right? So drug interactions, real things with uh, your supplements and your medicine. So we have to be very careful. Uh, a third example I have uh, from recent times, actually the next two are from recent times, vitamin D megadosing. I kind of touched on in our social media this week. We had a number of patients coming to us taking 50,000 units of vitamin D every single day because they were mixing up a lot of the messages. So vitamin D, you know, my normal spiel is that the National Institute of Health recommends lower doses than I believe should be used. I go with the Endocrine Society. They believe that our numbers should be higher. So they recommend people take anywhere between one and 2,000 units a day if you don't know what your status is. And then you can boost your levels uh, with about 50,000 units a week for 12 weeks. And so when people are writing articles that you should take 10,000 units a day for COVID or 20,000 units a day for COVID, and then they see the number 50,000 and people are even recommending people take 50,000 units a day for a few days to get your levels up and all of this mega dosing craziness, it's very dangerous. So 50,000 a day, I think she got like three weeks in and started to feel sick, you know? And the thing about vitamin D is that it hangs around for a while. So she, she 
you know, headaches, um, like, like this chronic nauseousness, just like feeling, it's almost like that flu feeling I feel, you know, like where you just feel like you're sick, but you're not like coughing or barking. You're just not yourself. So she had that and it took, it took her about two weeks to start to feel normal, um, from the mega dosing and her, her numbers were insane. It was like, she went from, she, cause she was already okay. She was at like 50 and I think she went to like 180 or something like that Oof. in a short amount of time. And 125 is where they're like, that's, that's too high. Yeah. You know? So, um, so yeah, so vitamin D mega dosing is another, uh, supplement horror story because it's just wrong. 7,000 units a day or 50,000 a week of vitamin D3 are okay, but that's normally only in situations where you have a known deficiency and you're under the supervision of a doctor or a healthcare professional. Really 2000 units should be the ceiling, but again, two to seven, I'm not going to split hairs. You know, if, if you're in that range, that's okay. It's just seven should be the ceiling. That's it. All right. The next one is zinc lozenges. This one we talked about a bunch, like, you know, the people taking it every day for COVID, you know, that I believe deserves its own horror story because we're list, we're, we're making healthcare decisions based on a meme. Okay. We want to make good decisions. Let's not use the, the Facebook posts that are circulating as justification. These things have risks, you know, they're not natural. They're actually very far from natural. They're not exclusively safe. They can be safe when used correctly, but they have risks. And taking zinc lozenges five times a day for multiple days to prevent COVID, quote unquote, I think is just batty, right? Because of, of, of the Halloween thing, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. Good one. Whatever. So um, this one actually prompted me to write a 50-page <laughs> <laughs> freaking like manifesto. <laughs> I actually wrote our article, the five supplements you should stop taking right now yeah. based on this next story. So another woman directed by her naturopath to help with mood problems to take lithium. Now lithium, the supplement form is lithium orotate and it's a much lower dose than what would be found in the prescription stuff. I don't believe that anybody should be using lithium in this willy nilly mindset, lithium is, is one of the few drugs I would say deserves respect and not that it's, it's like inherently dangerous, but if we use it inappropriately, we can really hurt ourselves. Okay. And so that's why lithium levels are monitored quite frequently by the doctors, you know, weekly at the beginning, monthly later. Right. And so there's experts involved and making very calculated, careful decisions. So then this naturopath is like, yeah, just go grab some lithium. And he recommended the same dose, which is like 10 or a hundred times what you would get over the counter. So the patient was trying to take like multiple pills of this stuff. She had gotten a few days in and she's like, I went through two bottles already. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. So uh, we... <laughs> We spoke to her about the risks. We wrote, uh, you know, pointed her to our article that we had written already. And then we had decided that we have to come up with this list of things that people need to avoid right now. And you can check that out. That's on the, the blog too. The five supplements you should avoid or stop taking right now. We actually did that. Didn't we do that? Yeah. As an yeah, episode? yeah. Oh my God. We did an episode on it. Right. So. So what was she feeling like after two bottles in two days? So nothing really. And the thing is that, um, I tell this to my staff quite a bit. If you're putting away inventory and you go to the shelf and there's normally one or two bottles and you're putting away 10 that we just got in the order, that should be a sign to you that there's something wrong, right? So if we normally have one or two and then you have 10, 
there's probably like a decimal area <laughs> era somewhere, right? So, so that's the same conversation. So just taking that at, you know, for a couple days isn't necessarily a problem. It's really more like if she gets into toxic range, if she gets dehydrated, those are the, the situations that could lead her to ho- like hospitalizations right away. Ah. So she was just at the early phase, but I was kind of like, hey, listen, man, if somebody tells you to do something and you're gobbling down bottles, it's probably a good sign that there's something wrong and you need to double check, you know? Um, so obviously she's still a patient today. So obviously like she respected what we had to offer her, but, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, mental health, medications are really best managed by a professional. You know, it's okay to take the occasional uh, sedative, Benadryl, CBD, you know, passion flower, those kinds of things for calming effects. But even that, please, just like our first example said, please keep your doctor in the loop, right? And finally here, I think I just want to end on my spooky story of that ABH Nature's Products recall that we touched on during that quality discussion a few weeks back. Yeah. This is the idea that this one company, um, I think it was on the West coast was making supplements for upwards of like 800 different brands and the atrocities that they were committing from a quality standpoint warranted a recall that went back seven years on almost all of those brands. And again, this wasn't intentional i would say by these brands but it was willful ignorance the idea that oh the supplement company is making it for me so i'm just going to tell them what i want and i'm going to um you know just assume that they're doing what they're supposed to do right they obviously were not so i can just tell you from my own experience when when we're formulating things so you know you have to make like a spec sheet up that you give to these companies like what you want and i've you know we're just working on our multivitamins and stuff like that right now. And um, I've got it out to seven different companies that we've vetted and they've all said, wow, this is, this spec sheet is not better than 99.9% of the things that we hand them. And I'm kind of embarrassed by it. I still think it's not what it should be. And they're like, it's incredible how little information that we're given and how much free range uh, customers give us and how they're, and that's just on what goes into the bottle. It doesn't talk about, the specifications for the quality. So like what testing and like what overfill and like what contaminants and adulterants should we be looking for? Right. So they're not even including all of that stuff. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. These, the brands that are bringing stuff to the market are often a bunch of amateurs that want to get into the supplement industry using their authority or their, their community to, to sell supplements easily, which you can, and they're, they're foregoing all their responsibility. And as a result, we're left out in the cold 30% of the time, right? I say in our three types of dietary supplements, you could be getting a product that's dangerous. And at best, you're getting the McDonald's cheeseburger where it's just the basic nonsense and it's not going to really hurt you. It's kind probably made correctly, but it's really not the best therapeutic thing for you. Uh, but again, 30% of the time, there's a chance that we're going to be getting something dangerous. And I think that in and of itself, the supplement industry itself is a is a spooky story, you know? Uh, not saying that it's not useful, not saying that there isn't gold in them hills, but we're certainly saying that it's it's not what it says it is. They, the supplement industry is definitely wearing a mask and it's not for COVID, you know. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, I got another one. <laughs> I think this is the last time that we're going to do that. So do you have any thoughts on any of the supplement scary stories, the spooky horse <laughs> stories? 
Well, it definitely gives me more faith in your brands, Neil, with stockvitamins.com. Thank you. The, um, but you know, even then you need to know what to ask, what to look for and hold me accountable. I actually, um, appreciate that. We have questions, people asking some pretty far out manufacturing questions and, you know, helping people ask better questions is one of the things that I like to do. So somebody calls and says, I heard that probiotics are only supposed to be refrigerated and yours aren't. And you say your quality, what's up with that? Or, you know, I've got fish burps, even with your fish oil, what's up with that? I thought you were supposed to be quality and helping them understand what really indicates quality and what doesn't, what's a marketing buzzword and what's really quality. So, um, please ask those questions. I appreciate that a bunch. So, um, I figure I can leave you with one more really kind of like weird story, I guess. Right. So, so, it's happened at the pharmacy just a couple days ago. Um, a guy comes in, he's buck naked and he's wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs> I swear to God, it's crazy. And parents like, listen, you might want to turn this episode off now. If you're listening with your kids, it's not too graphic, but still anyway. So he's going nuts. He's like COVID it's transferred on our clothes. We don't even need to wear masks. It's our clothes. And he's, he's like, if you take high dose fish oil, just like you say all the time, Neil, but you have to dip it in peanut butter. It's too thick. And then the virus can't bind to the back of your throat. I was like, sir, 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 I can clearly see your nuts. <laughs> How's that for an ending joke? Oh, that's <laughs> the best one yet. I feel like I had to get that one in on Halloween just because it's a goofy time, but uh, that that's it. So I, you know. You sold it well too. I really <laughs> thought this was about to be a story. <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, I got one corny Halloween joke that I figured would work really well too. So, what do eye doctors give out on Halloween? What candy corneas? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. All right, one, one last one. Is there like what else we got on here? Uh, oh, oh, that just killed the vibe. I'm sorry. We have crickets. So I guess until next time, uh, have a happy Halloween. Make sure you get out there and vote. Oh my God, that was so long. (laughs) (laughs) They were really unhappy with your humor. (laughs) Take care, everybody. 